This is Adam Hulse. Thanks for tuning into this episode of my podcast. It is week three of the NFL season. This episode of the podcast is going to run a lot like the last episode in which I will break down some of the matchups in this week and give my point spread picks as well on those plays. Now, speaking of picking NFL games, I mentioned it in last week's episode and I'll mention it again in this one. Make sure you go check out pickemwars.com. It's a really cool website. They have free to play pick'em contests and they give away real cash prizes. $500 cash to the winner. You make your picks for free at pickemwars.com. Now, before I get into this episode, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by La Touraine, the best affordable luxury watches and accessories on the market. Make sure you check out their website, latourain.com, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Look through their awesome selection, and then when you're ready to check out, use my promo code, three capital letters, A. HS, as in Adam Hole Sports. That code will get you 10% off your entire order at latourain.com. One more thing I'd like to mention is a really cool app that I've been participating with. It's called Rave On Sports. I host Dallas Cowboys games on the Rave On Sports app where you can follow along with all the live action, trash talk to fans of the opposing team. Again, I host for the Dallas Cowboys. Download their app, Rave On Sports, available on both Apple and Android. I will be hosting again on Monday night when the Dallas Cowboys take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Please join me there. Okay. Okay, now with all of that being said, let's get into this week three NFL episode of the podcast. Looking back at last week, we had a big week in terms of plays. On the podcast, I gave out nine plays against the spread. And then if you follow me on Twitter, at Adam Hulse Sports, I released a 10th play as well. So hopefully you are following me on Twitter and you didn't miss out on that 10th play, which was a winning pick, by the way. I gave out Patriots minus five and a half on my Twitter account. If you're not following me, me now make sure you go and follow me so that you don't miss out on any picks next week the handle is at adam hole sports it was a great thing for my picks that i did add that patriots play because that play brought me to five and five even on the week that brings us to eight and eight even on the season both weeks so far we have split our picks we were three and three in week one five and five in week two just a quick recap of the plays that i made last week the one o'clock window was very strong there were six plays when you add in that patriots play that i gave out on my twitter account we went four and two in those six plays we won with the patriots the 49ers the bills and the bears were our four winners our two losers a shocking loss by the pittsburgh steelers they blew a game against the raiders and then our other loss was a brutal one as well we had the rams minus three and a half over the colts the rams did win the game but they only won by three points so perfect line making by vegas on that one the hook the half a point got us we won the game but we did not cover the spread we won by three the spread was three and a half that half a point got us in the afternoon window we went one and two on our three plays the seahawks blew a game against the titans they were up big late in that game they let the titans come all the way back and beat them very disappointing loss by the seattle seahawks our other loss was another game in which we won the game with the Cardinals, but they did not cover the three and a half point spread. So that was a loss. And then our winner in that late afternoon window was the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, we were getting three and a half points. The Cowboys won the game straight up. Hopefully you put a little bit on the money line there for some good value. 
Cowboys covered and won the game. And then the 10th and final play on the card was for Sunday Night Football. We had the Chiefs minus 3.5. They did not cover. They did not win the game. The Ravens had a nice comeback win, comeback effort by Lamar Jackson and company. The Ravens got it done over the Chiefs, making us an even 5-5 five and five in Week 2 and a total of 8-8 eight and eight even on the season through two weeks. With that being said, let's now get into our Week 3 picks. We're going to look to get into the win column this week. We've been floating even so far. We're going to look to get in the money this week. We'll start with the 1 o'clock games. And the first one I like is for the Pittsburgh Steelers to bounce back in a big way this week, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a familiar opponent for the Steelers, a team that they know very well, a team that's in their division that they play twice a year, of course. The Steelers are playing this game at home in Pittsburgh. Those two things combined seem like a recipe for me for a get-right game for the Steelers. Interesting two weeks for this team so far. They had a huge victory in week one over an excellent Buffalo Bills team. The Steelers came alive in the second half to take that game away from the Bills. Very impressive victory. And then in week two, they had a disappointing victory against a team in the Raiders who I don't think is very good despite being 2-0 and getting two big wins over the Ravens and the Steelers. I think the Steelers should have won that game against the Raiders. I think they're a much better team. So through two weeks, the Steelers beat a team that they probably shouldn't have beat and then lost to a team that they definitely should have beat. So though it went the other way around, a prediction for Steelers to be 1-1 one one after two games does sound about right. They are where they probably should be right now. Look, I think this spread against the Bengals is way too low for the Steelers. It's only sitting at three and a half points right now. I think that it should be much higher. I think that the Steelers are going to take care of business in this game. I would not be surprised if they even won by double digits in this one. The Bengals offensive line is not very good in general. The Steelers bring a lot of pressure and a lot of heat with their blitzing schemes. They are going to get after young quarterback Joe Burrow. He's going to be under pressure. He's going to have to make quick decisions and that's kind of what the Steelers defense has feasted on year after year. I think the Steelers will be fully ready to go in this game. I fully expect a big week from them. I think the point spread is way too low on this one. Steelers win big and easily cover that three and a half spread over the Bengals. Moving on now to the second game that I like in the one o'clock window and that is another battle of two one and one teams with the Chicago Bears and the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are in a little bit of a tough spot this week when it comes to the wide receiver position. They're still without Odell Beckham Jr. They will also be without their other top receiver in Jarvis Landry this week. Going to make things difficult for Baker Mayfield in the passing game without his top two receivers against a very good and very underrated Bears defense. Look, the Browns run the ball just as good as about anybody in the NFL. They're going to have to rely on that super heavily this week. They're going to have to feed Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. It's not going to be an easy task for them because as I said, I'm very high on the Bears defense. I think they're an excellent defense, especially when they know that the Browns are going to be running the ball often and they don't really have that threat of a receiver who can really do his own work in the passing game. No real threats in that throwing game for Baker Mayfield with his top two receivers out. I think the Bears defense is going to feast this week. And then when it comes to the Bears on the offensive side of the ball, David Montgomery off to another good start this year after a breakout season last year. But the big story for the Bears is who is going to be playing quarterback in this one. It could still be Andy Dalton. He got banged up in the last game. So it very well could be Justin Fields time this week getting his first start as the rookie. I said in my preview episodes that I thought Justin Fields should have been the starter from day one. I don't like that they went with Dalton first. I think Justin Fields is by far the better quarterback than Andy Dalton right now. He's a way better athlete. He can make plays 
plays with his legs. He's a competitor. He can get the ball downfield. I'm a big fan of Fields. I think he should have been the number two pick in the draft. I think it was an absolute steal that the Chicago Bears got the luxury of drafting him where they did. I think this kid is going to be a stud. I really hope he does get the start this week over Dalton. I think it makes the Bears a better team this week and a better team for the rest of the season. We already know what Andy Dalton is at this point in his career. He's an average quarterback at best. Way higher ceiling for Justin Fields, especially because of what he can do with his legs. If Fields starts this game, I love the Bears even more, but even if Dalton starts the game, I do think that the Bears will at least cover the spread in this one with all of those injuries on the Browns. I think the Browns can still run the ball, play defense, and possibly still find a way to win this game. I think it's more of a toss-up than the line suggests. With right now, the Browns being seven-point favorites, I'll definitely take that full touchdown with the Bears. I like it with Dalton. I absolutely love it if Fields is the starter this week. I think the Bears have a shot to win the game, but I'll take the touchdown. Bears plus seven over the Browns. Okay, now moving on to the later slate on Sunday, and there is one game that I like in this window, and that is the Seattle Seahawks going to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Very tough loss for the Seahawks last week against the Titans. They had that game in hand. They were up 14 points in the fourth quarter. They ended up going on to overtime to lose the game. Here's a wild stat. The Seattle Seahawks were 52-0 and at home when trailing by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Now, after that game with the Titans, they are 52-1 and in that stat. So a rare blown loss at home in that fashion for the Seattle Seahawks. Look, I think they're going to bounce back strong this week. They have a weak opponent in the Minnesota Vikings, a team that I believe is going to be very bad this year. I think they're definitely going to be a bottom 10 team in the NFL, possibly even a bottom five. I'm holding to what I said in my preview episodes that I think this is going to be the last year for head coach Mike Zimmer. And after this season, they're going to bring in a new coach and start thinking about who's their quarterback after Kirk Cousins. Could be Kellen Mond, who's already on the roster. They could look to the draft for somebody else. But I think after this season, the Vikings are going to have a bad year, tear the whole thing down, and start rebuilding for next year. They are already off to an 0-2 start. They played a tough game, a high-scoring game against the Cardinals last week. They could not get the win. Kyler Murray got it done in the ends for the Cardinals. I'm very high on the Seahawks team for this whole season. They are my pick to win the NFC West division. They had that game in hand against the Titans last week. They very well should be 2-0 right now. Instead, they're 1-1. Russell Wilson is off to an excellent start this season. He's already thrown for 600 yards and six touchdowns through two games. No interceptions either, so Russell Wilson is locked in right now. In particular, he's finding Lockett, his favorite target. Their chemistry is unbelievable. It still keeps getting better. This is one of the best connections in the NFL and one that isn't talked about enough. Everybody talks about how good DK Metcalf is, and he is the guy who can take the cover off the defense and who can go off for these crazy games when he's really on point but it is Tyler Lockett who week in and week out is as reliable as any receiver in the NFL this connection between Russell Wilson and Lockett is really 
something special. And somehow it still kind of flies under the radar a little bit too. I think they continue this trend this week against the Vikings defense that has not been very good so far. The Vikings defense through two games is giving up 330 yards per game through the air. I think Russell Wilson is going to go off in this one. I think he could have a 400-yard game, at least a 350-yard game. Seattle is going on the road in this one. I don't think it really matters because Minnesota is a far inferior opponent to Seattle. I like Seattle to get it done on the road. The spread is minus two. That's not a spread I'm worried about. Give me Seahawks minus two. Moving on now to the fourth play that I like this week, and it is going to be on Sunday Night Football. I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers to get it done against the Packers. The Packers off to an interesting start so far to this year. They got absolutely dominated in week one against the Saints where they lost 38-3. to They came back this week on Monday Night Football. Played a very tough first half. The Lions hung in there for the first half of this game and looked like they were going to give them a show. In the end, the Packers ran away with it in the second half and did win the game 35-17. to Aaron Rodgers looked good. Aaron Jones looked absolutely incredible, especially catching passes out of the backfield. It was a sort of get-right game for Green Bay after their embarrassing Week 1 loss, but this is a way tougher opponent this week in playing the San Francisco 49ers out in San Francisco, a home game for the Niners, than it was getting the Lions, who are a bottom three team in the league talent-wise, and playing them in Green Bay. So much bigger challenge in Week 3. The main thing to watch here is going to be the rushing attack of the Niners against the rushing defense of the Packers. Rushing defense has been the Achilles heel of this Packers team for a little while now. It was a huge issue last season. It was a huge issue the year before. If you remember back in 2019, the 49ers and the Packers met in the NFC Championship game, and the Niners rushing attack absolutely torched the Packers, destroyed them in that game. They could not slow it down at all. I think we could see a similar type of situation in this game. Kyle Shanahan's offense runs the ball better than any other team in football just about. It's one of the best rushing attacks in the game. He sticks to it. He goes to it early and often. That's going to be a problem with this Packers defense. This season, they're already giving up 140 yards per game on the ground. That number could definitely go up even more this year. That's not a good number to begin with. I think it can get worse against the very good rushing attack of the Niners. They're going to feed multiple running backs. They're going to give the ball to Mitchell. They're going to give the ball to Sermon. They could give it to Hasty. They do it with multiple backs by committee. And then when you try to stack the box against the run, they do have playmakers in the passing game and guys like George Kittle and Debo Samuel as well. So again, I think that the story of this game is going to be a lot like it was in the 2019 NFC Championship game. The Packers have not really fixed their rushing defense since that game. The Niners still run the ball as well as they did then. I think they're going to have success doing it on Sunday Night Football. This spread sits at three and a half right now. I think that the Niners are going to win by somewhere in the 7 to 10 range, so I'm not really worried about that three and a half point spread. Give me the 49ers at home on Sunday Night Football, minus three and a half over the Packers. The fifth and final game on my card for this week is on Monday Night Football, and maybe you could have guessed it. I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys to cover the four point spread over the Philadelphia Eagles at home in Dallas. 
through two games. The Cowboys look very good so far. They very well could be 2-0 and right now, but they did not get it done in Week 1. They left Tom Brady a little bit too much time. They played so well in Week 1 that they would have beaten just about any other team in football that week. Unfortunately, it was against the Bucks. The Bucks still got the better of them despite an excellent performance by the Dallas Cowboys. Their offense was clicking on all cylinders in Week 1. In Week 2, they put up a lot of yards offensively and moved the ball very well. Unfortunately, they could not put up as many points as they probably should have. They left a lot of points out on the field, but they did get it done in the end, winning 20-17 to over the Chargers. The defense came up big in that game. They played a lot of bend-but-don't-break type of defense against the Chargers. The Chargers did move the ball very well against the Cowboys, but the Cowboys defense shut them down and stopped them from scoring on several occasions. They made big plays when they needed to. Trayvon Diggs, the young corner, is really starting to come along nicely. He now has five interceptions and 14 starts. That's an excellent stat for this young cornerback. Micah Parsons looked very good. He changed positions in this game. He played middle linebacker in week one against the Bucks, and then with the Demarcus Lawrence injury, he moved to defensive end in game two. He looked excellent in both spots. This is what they drafted Micah Parsons for, was to be a utility defensive player. He's good all over the field. He doesn't really have any weak spots. He can contribute kind of wherever you need him to. He can play in pass coverage. He can rush the quarterback. He can play a true Mike-style linebacker. He is living up to his high draft position and his utility label that he got coming out of college. So far, so good for Micah Parsons. Now, moving back over to the offense for the Cowboys. Tony Pollard looked very good in this game against the Chargers. Like, I hate to say it, but he looked more explosive than Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not saying he's better than Zeke because he's not. Zeke can still do more things than Pollard can. But I think that the Cowboys should continue giving the ball to Pollard just a little bit more, share the time with Zeke a little more. Definitely not a 50-50 split, maybe more like a 65-35 or a 70-30 type of split between Zeke and Pollard, but I think Pollard's touches will continue to go up a little bit rather than Zeke getting almost 100% of the touches out of the backfield like he did for most of his time in Dallas. He is getting a little bit older now in running back years. Running backs age quicker than any other position in the NFL. The absolute prime peak version of Ezekiel Elliott is probably behind him. That's not to say that he can't still be an excellent running back in this league. He is still in the top 10, maybe even in the top 5 running backs in football. He's just not as dominant as he once was. What I think the Cowboys need to continue to do is feed Ezekiel Elliott in the passing game. He's a very good receiver coming out of the backfield. I don't think they utilize that enough. Maybe they will this week against the Eagles because the Cowboys will be without one of their receivers in Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper is going to be playing with bruised ribs, so he might be a little bit limited as well. A lot of balls are going to be going to CeeDee Lamb. He will be featured in the passing game, and maybe to replace some of those missing targets between Gallup and Cooper, they can get Ezekiel Elliott more involved in the passing game. As for this week against the Eagles, this is obviously a huge rivalry matchup between these two teams. The Eagles come into this game 1-1. One one. They had a very easy opponent in week one. They played the Falcons, who are in a rebuild right now. They're not going to be a very good team this year, but nevertheless, the Eagles did get it done against the Falcons. They followed it up in week two with a loss against a much better opponent in the San Francisco 49ers. The Eagles did hold their own for most of that game, but in the end, they could not get it done against the better San Francisco team. So both the Cowboys and Eagles come into this one one and one. I love the Cowboys at home in this game. I think they're going to get it done. I don't think their offense is going to have 
have much problem moving the ball against this Eagles defense. They were able to move the ball against both the Bucks and the Chargers, two defenses that are much better than the Philadelphia defense. I think this could be a big game for Dak Prescott, a big game for CeeDee Lamb, and hopefully a nice game for Ezekiel Elliott in the passing game, as I suggested. I think the Cowboys defense has shown to this point that they are much improved from last year. They are not going to be a bottom defense like they were last season. Big improvements now that Dan Quinn has taken over at defensive coordinator, and they got a talented guy like Micah Parsons to add to the mix as well. Some of the young cornerbacks coming along improved from last year on the defensive side. I don't expect Jalen Hurts and company to torch this defense at all. I think this game is actually going to be a little bit lower scoring than some people are expecting. Most people see this game getting in the mid to high 50s. I have it more in the high 40s, something like a 27 to 20 type of Cowboys victory. But nevertheless, I do think the Cowboys get this one done at home. The spread is minus four. Not worried to lay that. Give me the Cowboys minus four over the Eagles at home on Monday Night Football. Okay, so that wraps up all of the picks that I have for this episode of the podcast. Just to give them to you one more time, I made five plays in this episode. Bears plus seven. Steelers minus 3.5. Seahawks minus two. 49ers minus 3.5. And Cowboys minus four. Those are my five plays so far for this week. Make sure you go and follow me on Twitter. As I did last week, sometimes I do add other plays to my cards, so don't miss out. Make sure you're following me there. The handle is at Adam Hulse Sports on Twitter. Don't forget to head on over to pick'emwars.com and make all of your selections for this week's contest. Free to play, real cash prizes at pick'emwars.com. I also have a link for that site on my Twitter page as well. So if you want to head over to my Twitter, you can get the link there or just go to pick'emwars.com. I'd like to thank everyone who came out and joined me on the Rave On Sports app for the Cowboys' first two games of the season. I hope you come out and join me on Monday night. I will be on there again hosting an exclusive Cowboys chat for the Eagles game, the Rave On Sports app. Join me on Monday night. While you're waiting for that to get here, you can head on over to latourain.com, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. They have the best affordable luxury watches and accessories on the market. Browse through their awesome selection, and then when you're ready to check out, make sure you use my promo code, three capital letters, A-H-S, as in Adam Hulse Sports. That code will get you 10% off your entire order at latourain.com. Before I wrap things up, there is just one more thing that I do want to mention. I made an appearance this week on another podcast. The podcast is called the Mamba's Legacy Podcast. You can find them streaming on YouTube. Search for Mamba's Legacy. I did an NFC East episode appearance on that podcast. Just go to their YouTube channel, Mamba's Legacy. Go to their NFC East episode featuring at Adam Hulse Sports to check out my appearance on that podcast as well. I do thank you for joining me on this episode of my podcast. I hope you come back next week for NFL Week 4. Until then, this has been Adam Hulse. Thanks for listening.